0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk1370.
2: Welcome to Speed City. With John Massengel, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City.
3: Good evening, Gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are live from Austin, Texas, home of the championships at Circuit of the Americas, and we are dealing with some
4: thunderstorms here, Les Kaiser. Hey, you bet. They're they're pretty serious coming in hard right now. I uh, decided to four-wheel it into work today instead of two-wheeling. Well, we should have parked underneath in case it's hailing. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey,
3: we got a bunch to talk about tonight because Jonathan Green is going to join us here in just a minute, and we are going to be talking mostly IndyCar tonight with, uh, with all the Formula One boys in IndyCar and, of course, our guest tonight, the poll sitter, Scott Dixon, is going to join us in about a half hour. I've been in the IndyCar mood all week, i tell you. <laughs> Haven't we all, but uh, let's see if we got Jonathan Green on the line. Mr. Green, are you on the line?
5: And he's on it!
3: There he is, there he is. <laughs> I, hear, I hear him Skyping in. How's it going, Mr. Green?
5: Good, how are you guys? I'm in uh, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky right now. Just about two hours from India, and I'm heading that way tomorrow.
3: That's right. You're going to be at Indianapolis tomorrow morning, aren't you?
5: I'm going to be reporting all week for Speed City uh, at the Greatest Spectacle in Racing. Les knows it all too well, having been last year. And I just cannot wait with Rossi right where he needs to be. Alonso is fired up and on the second row. And, of course, The man of the moment, Scott Dixon, the most successful current driver of all time, and uh, yeah, I'm so excited to have him on the show.
3: I know, man. This is going to be awesome to have Scott Dixon, but... We are going to so obviously today we're going to spend a lot of the show talking about IndyCar and uh but we're also going to talk a little MotoGP. GP. That was a fantastic race, man. That was that was awesome. Well, which one are you talking about?
4: Well, I, you <laughs> everything, know, I
3: didn't I didn't get to see all Moto awesome. 2 and Moto 3, but the Moto GP race itself was fantastic. Hey,
4: nothing was predictable today and yeah. uh you know what a what a great show was put on and uh serious racing in every class.
3: Yeah, no kidding. But uh well, so, Jonathan, let's, let's do a little indie preview a little bit. Why don't you talk about the uh, the qualifying that went on today?
5: Well, the qualifying was really interesting. Um, in fact, the weather up here, uh, I mean, I'm about an hour and a half away from Indianapolis um, in Louisville, Kentucky, and we've had a lot of bad weather. I know you're getting bad weather down in Austin. Yep. But over the weekend, it's been a lot of rain, heavy rain and uh it affected our race here we'll talk about that in a moment but um it also affected qualifying at indy but today indy was really beautiful it was, was really hot um but it was windy very windy and it really did affect everybody going out for qualifying laps and what that meant was as you know in qualifying you take the wings off and you go as fast as you darn well can and um trouble is, once you hit a with no wings Uh, you are up against the elements. And if there's a wind blowing and you know how big Indianapolis is, uh, it really affects you. And a lot of guys affected Sato hit the wall, for example, twice at turn two. Several guys scraped off at J.R. Hildebrand. Um, So it really was risk and reward, uh, a total risk factor to try and get above 230 miles an hour. And I'll repeat that number, 230 miles per hour to uh-huh. get the four laps in, and you had to have an average of 231 at least to be anywhere near the front.
3: Man, I know Scott Dixon, his was what, 232 point something?
5: Yep. Yeah. T- Scott Dixon was the most consistent, and that's what's the beauty of Scott. Um, and he even had some moments himself, but they trimmed off the car. His engineer said, if we want the pole, we got we to you know, lower the pole. And, of course, every time you do that, you risk because what happens is the car drifts. Uh, if you've got no wing, it drifts out the corners. And of course, the wind just blows you even further.
3: Well, I know it was. Uh, I didn't get to see as much as you, Jonathan, but it was. Uh, it was. The, there was really the story all weekend was the wind and the rain and all the weather at Indy. Uh, but of course, what about as you move down the grid? I mean, what t- with with uh, Alonso being the huge story up there. I mean, I know every about half of every story I saw coming out of Indy had something to do with Alonso.
5: I'm so impressed with the, the long. I mean, I the show last week that I said he could make the top nine. And, and I, that was for yeah. the race, of course. But in qualifying, he was the third guy to go. And I, I, we thought he'd got the pole because he was the first guy to average over 231 on all four laps. And I, I thought, it, and then Rossi asked him, and then finally Scott Dixon, the cool, calm figure of the uh, Kiwi, Scott Dixon, came out and beat them all. Um, but, um, Ed Carpenter, who's a two time pole winner and kind of like, you know, the Indianapolis golden Sun, um, he came out, he really took the pole away and I think Scott Dixon quietly thought he might do it, but, um, uh, Ed Carpenter's always, always the guy to watch.
4: Yeah. Awesome. It really was something though. And you know, it was, there were some great, just all week there's been cool stories to be quite honest. And uh, you're right, certainly uh, Fernando Alonso was, was a lot of news, and it was great to see him come through. One of the close calls he had, he actually bumped the wall the other day, and uh, that was something that, quite honestly, a lot of the guys brushed the wall, but uh, he hit it pretty solid, though he didn't lose it, and he maintained uh, composure and kept the car going the r- the right direction. So I thought uh, he gained a whole lot of experience this week that uh, I'll say a lot of rookies don't get.
3: Yeah, that that was awesome. You're absolutely right. And, uh, the, you know, the other big thing is, of course, with, uh, with watching what I saw today for us, we have a, obviously we have a special place in our heart for Alexander Rossi being a friend of the show, being our very first live guest ever. And Rossi looked great today as well. Hey, hey, Jonathan Green, we got you. I think, I think Jonathan's going to switch to a land Yeah, yeah sorry.
5: I wasn't sure what you were talking to me last. Yeah. I tell you what, Rossi was awesome. Um, and actually, you know, I think the confidence that Rossi's got from today, um, because remember, he came in last year and it was a dark minute decision, you know, kind of like, well, let's just give it a go. And he, it was all a bit of a maelstrom for him. But now he's a confident, cool, calm, oval, successful, Indy 500 winning guy. And he may be only still in his early 20s, but, you know, he has a composure about him that we've always seen. But I think that uh, Rossi is going to be a huge factor this weekend. And don't count him out. Remember, he's in the same team as Lonzo. So they'll work together.
3: All right, well, hey, Jonathan, we're going to go and take a quick early break because we are going to have Scott Dixon on early. So let's go ahead and take a break, and uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get you on the landline. We'll get you in a little better. So listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. We'll be back after these messages.
5: Envy Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory-authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Kelly Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I 35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video 2438 West Anderson
1: Lane. Get the latest business news from CNBC. Weekday mornings at 6: 30 and 8: 30 and weekday afternoons at 12:30, 4:30 and 5:30.: We make you smarter,
0: hopefully it'll also make you some money. Stay
1: connected with Talk 1370. The, the right, right choice.
0: Talk 1370: The right choice.
2: Ed Brown. Extreme Speed Motorsports, number
4: thirty in the WC, number 02 in the Tudor, and this is Speed City.
3: Welcome back to Speed City. You know we got to talk about a story, guys. That uh, it's not a fun one to talk about, and that's Nikki Hayden. It's been a I've just been on pins and needles, following everything I can online.
4: It really is. It really is. And you know I, I know a lot of folks are following it and are interested in it. And, folks, to be honest, uh, you know, one of the biggest stories about this was all of the bogus news that was coming out, the fake news about it. And yeah. so please understand that uh, you're not seeing a lot of traffic from us because we have, you know, one solid source. And uh,
3: Well, let's talk about what happened. Uh, if you haven't heard, I mean, you probably have. But if you haven't sure. heard, Nikki Hayden was in a, a, a really bad bicycling accident. He was bicycling and... He was hit by a car, and the, uh, and the damage to the car, you, we saw those photos, were the windshield and the roof of the car. And so Moto G, American MotoGP champion, 2006, Nicky Hayden, has, uh, been, is really battling
4: right now. He is. Uh, there's a lot of things that came out, so, so here's the truthful points. He was by himself. He was uh, preparing and training as they always do. He had gone out on the local roads, which is very common, and uh, an automobile struck him. Uh, substantial damage to the vehicle. He was taken to the local hospital and then flight out uh, to a a little more equipped hospital. He has uh, been in the hospital ever since. I think that was Wednesday, I want to say. And uh, so now we're just very, very, very critical, very serious injuries.
3: So Jonathan, what's, uh, what's your take on this at this point? I mean, I know you, you go way back with Nikki. So
2: I do, and I'm. I mean, I'm absolutely mortified by the whole thing. It's so sad, and I actually know the area very well. It's right by the Misano circuit um, in near Rimini, um, and I know those roads. and They are absolutely bicycle mad. There, they actually the Giro d'Italia actually comes through that region, so a lot of people ride on, you know, on weekdays and on the weekends uh, on those roads. But they're very narrow. Uh, it's a holiday resort uh, town. It's it's very much similar to kind of Daytona Beach on on spring break uh, in terms of the summer in Italy. So there is cars everywhere, but it's also a great place to go bicycling. And it's where a lot of the riders choose to be. It's actually not that far from where Valentino Rossi was born. Um, so it's very very uh, a popular place for motorcycle riders. And I really really just feel for Rose and for Earl, who I know are at his bedside right now. Uh, and, of course, Roger, who's racing in Moto America. Tommy's actually over there, Tommy Hayden. Um, but this is, I just want to implore everybody listening to just, like I said, read the news. But just, as Les said, do not uh, read sources that aren't accurate. Uh, read the sources that you think uh, and you know and you trust because Nicky's fighting for his life. And that's all that matters right now. Um, and we shouldn't be trying to work out how things happen, why they happened, and how his state of health is. You'll get the news as soon as we get the news, and when it's official, we'll give it you, but Nicky is in serious, serious trouble right now, and he's fighting for his life, and all I want is everybody to pray for him, because he's a true American champion, and um, I really hope that he can get through this um, as well as he can. He's a fighter. He's a good boy from Kentucky, and I'm here in Kentucky right now, about an hour from his home, and I know that this is really being felt here in the community.
4: Absolutely. You know, uh, Jonathan, you've known him longer than I have, but in the five years or so that I've... Known him, he was always just that friendly, you know, down to earth guy that you can just imagine, you know, hanging around drinking a beer with him after being out riding it's and so all true. this. But uh, Jonathan, uh, you said something you may not realize. Earl is sick right now as well and was not able to travel, so he He's is dead. there in Kentucky. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, you know that's got to be Earl difficult Hayden's just going. not going.
2: Yeah, that, that's gonna that's absolutely gonna uh, poor old Earl will be going through connections because. He, I mean, Nikki, you remember, Nikki, Tommy, and Roger all made it to the highest level uh, of motorcycle racing. They grew up in Owensboro, and, you know, they've lived and breathed motorcycle racing. And now, with the likes of Jake Lewis and a few others coming through, uh, Katie Beach, you know, they, they all remember uh, the, the legacy that is, I mean, they're still racing, but there's a huge legacy amongst the Hayden. At uh, Indianapolis, they had their own corner. They had their own section where people would come and, 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 and hang out with the Haydens. Um, and, you know, I know there's a lot of love in Indianapolis and in Kentucky for um, Nicky Hayden. And you should say, he was a true gentleman. I mean, you know, you know, he came over as a good old boy because he had that Kentucky accent, that wild uh, Owensbrook, Kentucky accent. But he was such a genuine man, and he is such a genuine man. And, you know, to see him fighting like he is doing that now, um, it, it really hurts me because he's a great sportsman, a great ambassador for the sport and a true champion, the 2006 World Champion, of course, in MotoGP, as well as a great American champion.
3: Yeah, and there's a lot of outpouring from across many different race series. I, you know, I saw Alonzo talking about it. And I think it was Dale Junior mentioning it. There was a lot, absolutely, of, a lot of folks talking about it. But uh, you know, I think the, the thing to do is keep us, your you know your thoughts and prayers for Nikki and and uh, and pay attention to the right news sources, and we'll see what happens. But uh, let's. Let's talk about. Uh, speaking of motorcycle racing, let's go ahead and talk about some MotoGP because it was a fantastic race today. It, it really had a little bit of everything, man. I, I started. Uh, we
4: might have to give Jonathan a hall pass because he was preoccupied with the yeah. uh, Red Bull rally cross, but did you get an opportunity to see any of the races?
2: Do you know what? I, I, have been literally, uh, at a venue all day doing the uh, Red Bull rally cross, as you know. And so, no, I didn't get to see it this morning because we were up at, uh, crack of dawn this morning at 7 a.m. So unfortunately I didn't see the race, but I did see Jack Miller take a big spill, <laughs> massive spill. Man. And that was on, that was on the national news. So, <laughs> uh, Jack was making, uh, Jack, Jack be nimble, Jack be sprat. That was a big, big off. Was... Um, but, uh, he's okay.
3: Yeah, I was talking to Jonathan, and he said, "Yeah, I just saw the the Jack Miller crash." I said, "Oh, where were you looking?" At he said, "It was a national news." I was like, "Wow!" And that was a huge crash. I was really, really worried when I saw it. But he was up and and doing interviews. But that that crash was it was really unusual because he carried so much speed so far off the track and hit he that was, hit that barrier. Hit right,
4: that, he was off balance. Yeah, uh, had no controls to grab onto at the time and really did, Uh, he was a passenger almost instantly. Very strange the way it it made that kick, and it sent him off so far. You had, uh, I want to say Marquez. Uh, Somebody exited in nearly the same spot, but not in the same manner, and uh, didn't come nearly as far to the wall, but that was very uncharacteristic, really a different uh, situation, and and spectacular visually, what happened. Glad he got up and walked away.
3: Well, back to the race. At the beginning of the race, of course, uh, my favorite part was what was that? I think it was uh, at three turns in Zarco, you know, the Frenchman in France jumped right out to the front and he held the the lead for I don't know five to ten laps and he looked great all day. It's Jonathan, it's really cool to see Zarco. What do you, he won GP two, uh, yeah. Moto two two years running before Moto GP and now he's looking like a superstar.
2: Yeah, and you know what's interesting about this is that you know we, we I, I don't think people take. You know, even when Rossi was in one-two-fives, you know, you kind of like, well, there's potential there. You never sort of say, okay, this guy's going to be a nighttime world champion. But I've been looking at the comments today after Zarco's results, and also, obviously, since Austin and since the start of the season, Zarco's been the constant factor in terms of being, you know, along with Vinyales, the guy right up there. He's on a tech to our bike. He's not on the factory bike. right? Um, but he's kicking butt. And, you know, I really do feel that we've got something special, and there's, there's something different also in that he's because he's French and I mean all right with Le Mans but but because he's French not since Jean-Michel Bale um, and Regis Laconi have we really had a French rider uh, we've got a couple in Moto America at the moment um, who are doing really well but they're not as established and Zarco is a proven world champion and I think what I really like about this is a new era for French motorcycle racing and the French are absolutely nuts you've seen Le Mans Four wheels, you should see Le Mans Two wheels, because the French and their motorcycle racing are huge. So Zarko's is going to have a massive following, and he deserves it. He's polite, he's nice, and he's fast.
4: Hey, you're right, but uh, you know the one thing I got to give kudos to as, as spectacular as Jack Miller's crash was, he got right back on the horse and went back out. He continued to perform well all weekend, and you know, man, what a what a beating he took, but he came in eighth and uh, finished out. So th- you know, you know they've got to be happy over that. But Jorge Lorenzo, I've been watching him. You know, we all—all all the news is Jorge's wearing red, <laughs> but uh, he looked pretty good. He got sixth. Crutchlow stayed on his bike, stayed on course, made it to fifth. So kudos there. Uh, Dovey came up to fourth, and so that was good. Pedrosa in third, Zarco and Vinales. Uh, what a great tussle going on with Rossi, Zarco, and Vinales. Yeah, just fantastic racing all the way through there.
3: And we got to talk about the last lap, of course. Uh, Valentino Rossi uh, got the lead, and then Vinales took it from him. And what was it? It was the second to the last or the last yeah, was, corner uh, when Rossi got front uh, end gave way. Yep, his front end went out, and he did not finish. But you know, the, the interesting thing they were pointing out on on uh, on the television feed was that Rossi really that was. It it has to you have to call it a mistake. I mean, he may have been going. I'm either going to fall, you know, crash or or pass. But right before that, he made a mistake where Vinales passed him. So definitely unusual to see Rossi make a mistake, especially on that last lap. He's Mr. Ice in his veins, man. Jonathan, I know you didn't get to see the race, but I mean, that is so untypical of Rossi.
2: Yeah, No. well, yeah, I mean, it is, um, and, and I also think that the, the Yamaha is not quite as perhaps prep, prep good as it was, or from track to track, I think um, it's going to be, sometimes they're going to be brilliant, sometimes they're going to be not, and, and, and Rossi's just Rossi, you know, I mean, yeah, he does very, very rarely make mistakes, but you know that with two laps to go, he's giving it all. And that's what I love about him. I mean, he just, yeah. you know, it's win it or bin it. And, and at his age, you know, <laughs> to be doing winning, uh, win it or bin it, uh, he's amazing because he's had so few injuries. He broke his leg, remember, at Magello um, uh, a few years ago. But that was a rare incident. He's been very unscathed, generally speaking. He's never been an overly risk taker uh, because he's been so consummate, been so professional, so good. Um, but so, yeah, this is a rare mistake, but I think that's because Rossi desperately wants that 10th championship. He was leading the championship, remember, at the beginning of the day. And I think this is what it's all about for him. He's going to be hell bent for leather to go, to go and win one more.
4: Totally agree. And I think that's, what's really spicing up this season because you look back there and where was Marquez? Hello, Marquez, (laughs) Marquez. Yeah. He was was off having tea already. He went out as well. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> having tea. <laughs> well, guys, I want to go ahead and take our our uh, bottom of the hour break now because we got Scott Dixon, the pole sitter for the Indy Five Hundred, going to be on the show here in just a few minutes. So we're going to go ahead <laughs> take that take that break now, and when we come back, we will have Scott Dixon with us. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City tonight. Back after a quick message.
0: My El Camino. Uh-huh. Roll the windows down.
4: If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's motorcycle shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin; it is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused but there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RevellsHeavyDuty.com.
5: Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision camera and video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce motorcars austin exotic iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride highway 183 north of mcneil road
1: texas weather can change on a dime
2: flash flooding is expected to begin shortly
1: when the weather turns severe turn to us for what you need to know on air and online at talk 1370.com talk 1370 the right choice
0: Hey, Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City.
3: David Hobbs, remember we had him on the show? Yeah. I guess it was towards the end of last year. He yeah. was
0: fantastic.
4: Yeah, you know, it's such an encyclopedia of knowledge, uh, as well as a former driver, and so... Uh,
0: it's and a funny great. guy too
4: oh yeah he, he, he's a fun guy to catch in the paddock and he'll sit there and talk longer than i will so man, think he, this is he a was, lot more important though
3: yeah he was great on the air well well so we're gonna we're waiting on scott dixon to call he'll be just a couple minutes and uh man this this indy 500 i swear this is the with alonzo racing and with uh, alexander rossi up there this is going to be so much fun i am looking forward to this like nothingness how about you jonathan
2: Well, yeah, and you know what, I just, I mean, before we get Scott on, I think we should ask him about it. I I mean, this, because of Alonso's appearance at this, it has taken it all to a new level. And you saw the likes of Tony Kanaan and Scott Dixon kind of just. You know, getting bristled because this has been their domain. This is, you know, this is their backyard. The brickyard is their backyard. And to have a two-time Formula One world champion, just like we had in the 60s um, with Graham Hill and with uh, Jim Clark coming over, um, this is like where Indy really kind of started to make its name because that was what happened. The Glamour Boys from Europe came over and Jackie Stewart and all these guys came over to take on the Indy 500. Some were successful, some weren't. But this is really a break in the mold because Indy and Formula One have been head-to-head for no particular reason. Uh, Indy car stands on its own. It does oval, nothing like Formula One, Um, but it's the single-seater series of America. Formula One, as we know, is Formula One, and it's the biggest sport uh, in motorsport and most certainly the most expensive. But the Indy 500 is special, and everybody, everybody who's ever raced a car wants to win that race. And Fernando Alonso is no exception. I'm so excited for
3: him. You know, I I, I thought about that during the week, actually the last couple of weeks, is that you know the IndyCar drivers have got to be, uh, I think I think you use the word bristled, and I think that's right. Yeah, it's exciting to have a minute One guy here, but you know, you you as an IndyCar driver, especially one of the top guys, you got to feel like you're the best in the world well, you,
4: too. Yeah, you know, and and I was curious about that because last year, you know, I'll I'll say it, we we love Rossi obviously, but. It was one of those things. I just kind of wondered how he was received there. I never saw anything, but you just wondered if it was in the back of their mind. And you know, I'm I'm not going to ask about it today with Scott. But you know, Scott actually had a seat with BMW uh, for some testing back in the early 2000s in Formula One. Huh? So I didn't
2: realize that. Well, yeah. And you know what you've got to realize, and the truth of the matter is, is that, um, you know, Scott Dixon is as good as any of the Formula One drivers, as is Tony Kanaan, you know, as is, uh, you know, as is Rossi, Um, you know, uh, look at Sebastian Buemi in in sports car racing and in Formula E, look at, uh, you know, any of these guys that, you know, PK Jr., you know, was a Renault driver, now he's. Doing, he did rallycross here, uh, but he's now, you know, doing Formula E. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. What you don't realize is just how close these guys are. And Alonso has proved it today. You know, I mean, yeah. he has not had anywhere of the seat time, but he has just shown why he's a two-time champion in, form, uh, in Formula One. Because he's able... To do what he's done, which is to learn quickly, to literally be the sponge, to take it seriously, to understand the perils, quite literally, of, yeah. of, of driving around that circuit and come through unscathed.
4: And Fernando, like I said, I mean, I, I'm looking at the, the lineup right now. You, you, know, you got Scott up front, Ed Carpenter second, Rossi third, uh, Takuma Sato fourth, Fernando fifth. And you start looking at some of these names that are back through there. You got Marco Andretti back in eighth. Uh, Ryan uh, hunter Ray is ten. And then you start seeing some of the names that have been out there. Juan Pablo is in there. Elio, who's a few of our you know Formula One drivers. There's talent all the way through that field. Always just for the Indy. But then you see where you you get the the different genres of racing. The sports car guys, the Formula One guys, the other. You know, some of the rallycross guys will cross in. So I'm just thinking this is really shaking things up. For one, honestly, I love that Fernando's here. Not because I love Formula One so much, but because now there's going to be a whole audience that kind of sneered towards IndyCar that's going to watch it now more seriously because Fernando's
2: there and Rossi's there and all yeah. these guys. Well, especially the Formula One crowd because they are they do they do kind of look down a little bit. I mean, it's typical; it's yeah. the European way. They always think that they've got the best, and you know, hey, look where I am. I'm not in Monaco. I'm going to the Indy Five Hundred because I'm a believer. I, I really do think that this is the greatest race in the world. Fernando believes it too, and to be able to come through the month of May and to get there next Sunday and to deal with three hundred and fifty thousand people, they can hear that crowd as they go around on those laps. Well, enjoy uh, it, your it's milk, just a cauldron
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's been it's been so much fun and i I think that there's probably it doesn't feel like there's as much bristling or or animosity or whatever i, I don't I haven't seen any really I haven't heard any nobody publicly. i think there's an open
4: curiosity about it,
3: yeah, for sure, there has to be.
2: Well, I, 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 mean, if you want my opinion, I think that the um, that of all the drivers in Formula One, I mean, and I'm I mean all the drivers, and I'm Vettel included, uh, Raikkonen included. I think Fernando Alonso, and you, you know, I've been saying this on the show time and time again. You know, the legacy of Fernando Alonso was starting to slip away because he didn't have a competitive car. Right, and I think the good, the good guys in in motorsport understand that. They know that he is the best driver that Formula One has produced in the last two decades, I think. Uh, And I'm talking, he was there when Michael Schumacher was there, but Michael Schumacher obviously was the best. But after Schumacher, Alonso, Rose, Hamilton's getting close. And I say getting close, he's got more world titles. But Alonso, to me, um, is and still believes it too, is the best driver in the world. And unfortunately, he's not had a competitive ride. And so I think this whole thing with Indy and everything else is a chance for him to show that. And today, he showed it in spades. I mean, my word, to get on the second row, uh, one mile an hour off the likes of Dixon, (laughs) it's just incredible. Yeah, that's
4: huge. That is a... Major gap in that timing there. I mean that you just don't get that. You know, you see him splitting hairs. They're counting hundreds of a second, and so it's a huge stroke for him. Really shows the talent to me. It also shows how adaptable he is. I've been watching him all week, through all the practice, all the qualifying, and everything that he was going on after the last F one race. And he really got in there, and it was great to see the engaging conversations. A lot of the camera views of him on pit lane. In the box, hearing from the folks and just listening to everyone that spoke in his direction, in there was, uh, I think, you know, very wise, showed his maturity and showed his sincerity about it. Uh, it wasn't like, I got this, you know? And yeah. so I, I really liked seeing that displayed at Indy, knowing that there's going to be a critical eye on great, another Formula One driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but
3: I, I, I'm n- not that I doubt. Fernando's abilities, but I'm surprised at fifth. I, I don't know. I just, anytime these guys come over, you don't expect them to do quite that well. But I don't, you know, I know he's got a good fast car too, but. Uh, but it's so different than what he's exactly, used to.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just remember, I mean, really impressive too is that uh, the Formula One contingent of, um, if you will, uh, uh, at Indy, and I include Takuma Sato. Uh, Alexander Rossi, Max Chilton, all very much in the flow and in, you know, in contention. So the guys who are ex Formula One drivers and current Formula One drivers in the form of, uh, Fernando have really equipped themselves well in what is, let's face it, a specialist sport. It's, it's almost like saying, well, you know, I'm a sharpshooter and I can shoot a hundred yards and then somebody saying, okay, now try it from a thousand yards.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, being oval, I mean, it's, it's totally different from any sort of Formula One racing. So, uh, it's, it's, obviously, that's such a huge learning curve. It has to be. But, but guys, I think we just got, uh, yep, the producer gave me a thumbs up. We have Scott Dixon calling in. Mr. Dixon, welcome to Speed City. Hey, Scott, we have you? Oh, I saw the line get dumped, so we're going to try to get him
4: back here in just a second. Take another lap, buddy. Come on back in. He <laughs> moves
3: quick. <laughs> He's probably calling him a cell with uh, all those
4: people around. It's kind yeah. of tough,
3: but hopefully we'll get him right back here in a second. But,
4: but yeah, ovals, I mean, really? I mean, that's... Well, you know, if you have only driven road course, then you go get on an oval. I'll say that you feel like, oh, this is going to be easy. Well, it's easy to get up to, you know, a, a good speed, but then you're like splitting just infinitely tiny little hairs to, to pick up things. And that's where things are different. I've only done it, you know, in carts and things like that on serious racetracks, but that is very different. Uh, a lot fewer places that you're going to make a big mistake on an nobles when you compare it to a road course. It's, it's really just very different. But... Uh, I'm excited for this year. You know, Jonathan and I went last year. Yeah,
3: that's right. One of those
4: things, you know, I was talking to somebody this week about it, and I said, you know, I I just can't imagine the excitement that's going on this year compared to last year. You know, they've got bands lined up. They've got the snake pit. They've got all that going on. And, uh, you know, this is absolutely a bucket list item. you got to put it on your list to go do it. Plan on getting there a few days early maybe even spend an extra day or two in the area. There's lots of activity going on. Dallara factory is right there.
3: Yeah, the, the Meekum auction I saw was in Indianapolis. That's obviously a tradition, too. Hey, uh,
4: yeah, that'll work.
3: So, Jonathan,
2: you're going to hey, be there. Got Keith, you got They got Keith Irvin playing um, this year, and they've also got Steve Miller. Oh, that's Very great. Well.
3: A band from our youth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's always good. They play, they, play, they do Carb Day, and they do practice, and then they do the parade on Saturday. Les went down there. I was hungover. I don't know why, but <laughs> Les went down there last year, and um, it's just so much fun. And then you get to the race, and it's just, I tell you, you will not experience anything in life. I've never been to a Super Bowl, but I tell you what, last year when they stood up and sang that national anthem, and we did, the, you know, away in Indiana, uh, it, it, it is electric. Um, the balloons go off onto the air, and you are in a. The state. flyovers. We've 350,000
3: people. <laughs> I know that when you say that number, you know, and we're excited to get what 250 here at Koda over the 3-day weekend. We're talking 350,000 oh, yeah. people
4: there on Sunday. That is that is crazy. You know, uh Jonathan and I got sucked in by some of the some of the elite indie folks there and I will say there's a total culture. Obviously there's a huge history there. But uh so many things that are going on. It is amazing how cool things are and the things they do i'd love to see some of that develop around the races here in austin i mean they're doing you know like fantasy football drafts the night before to build your own team and everybody gets two drivers and there's games you play and things like that that's cool and uh, it just adds more to the entire weekend
3: well hey guys let's let's take a quick break we got one more break we got to take so hopefully we'll get scott back here in a second we're waiting for scott dixon to call back he called for a second so Uh, But let's go ahead and take that break, and we'll be back after these quick messages.
5: Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders, Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video 2438 West Anderson Lane. MV Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the world supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 Envy Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of Envy Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I 35.
4: Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Join me weekdays for This Morning, America's First News. Hear the stories you'll be talking about and searching for all day as we go beyond the headlines and above the chatter. Weekdays at 5 on Talk 1370.
1: The right choice for breaking news first. Talk 1370. The right choice.
0: Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to
3: Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Thanks, Jay Leno, for bringing us back. We're still hoping to get Scott Dixon on the line. He's probably a pretty busy guy, and I know we had him for a second, so we're gonna, (laughs) we'll hopefully get him back here in just a few minutes. But Jonathan, I want you to talk about uh, Red Bull Rallycross. I mean, that's where you are this weekend, and you got to go through uh, a couple more races. And uh, you on a doubleheader this weekend.
2: No, it was just a single one this weekend. here, And the first time we come to Louisville, Kentucky, which was really cool, uh, great crowd. We had a bunch of people in the stands watching it. And, of course, it was live on NBC, and I'm sure it'll be repeated. But um, what was interesting is that we had um, a lot of rain, a lot of wet weather overnight. And and when we got up this morning, we had uh, heats yesterday in the dry. And then this morning, the heavens opened, and uh, it was very wet, uh, and then uh, it dried out, and then for the final, just literally, I'm kidding you not, 30 seconds before the final, it started pouring down with rain, everybody was on dry tires, we had 10 guys in the final, two Beatles were there, and the Tanner Fast and Scott Speed, but for the first time in a long time, they didn't win, and Honda won, and it was really cool because... Honda have been trying for a year and a half. They've got a young squad. They've really pushed it. They've got three cars now. And it was uh, Sebastian Erickson who came through. But he had to do it with a drag race with Steve Arpin to the line. So it was really cool. The fans went nuts. As you can hear from my voice, I went nuts. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> it was great.
3: You? You didn't get it? No. Enthusiastic? I, I can't imagine that.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Man, that is so fun. Oh, speaking of Jonathan Enthusiastic, we put out on YouTube, Jonathan got to to ride in one of those cars and go zero to 60 in one point something seconds. How was that, buddy?
2: 1.9. <laughs> How Dude, was that? Incredible. Because I was, well, I was there with my iPhone thinking, okay, let's well, oh, yeah. film it. And of course, he took off. And I didn't realize I hit, you know, I hit two and a half G's in about half a second. So I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah, hanging on to the phone. Then I relaxed and uh, it was great. I mean, you know, these guys are amazing at what they do. But what you don't realize is just i mean, you're in a metal box and it's violent. Uh, That's the only way I can describe it, because you watch a race car and it looks. Pretty smooth from the outside. But when you're in it, you're just in a metal box. You're changing gears. You're going from left to right. You're strapped in. You can hardly move, and you're being slung around. It's like being in a liquidizer.
3: <laughs> well, Jonathan, I was listening to that thing shift. It sounded like that just zero to 60, it shifted about five times. It was like... there was. I mean, there was literally less than a tenth of a second yeah, between some of those shifts. It was awesome.
4: Aren't those running the sequu- sequential dual-clutch?
2: Yes, they are. Yeah, I mean, they're turbocharged. And, you know, they're getting 600 brake horsepower uh, from these cars. And, you know, we're talking Honda Civic Coupes here. We're talking (laughs) Ford Fiestas.
3: VW Bugs, yeah.
2: Yeah, we're we're talking, yeah, we're talking Beatles. We're talking (laughs) literally Volkswagen Beatles. What you go to the shops in. Now, these are mom-and-pop cars, but they have souped them up uh, to a point of no return.
3: Yeah, I saw you trying. I, I saw you uh, filming that, and then I realized it was your iPhone. I was surprised you could even keep your hand up with all the G forces to, to shoot that video.
2: Yeah, I know it was incredible. And, and what's great is they do the meteorite uh, on the Friday. Mm -hmm. before the event but what it is
3: hey grinny i'm gonna stop you i'm gonna stop you because i think
2: you got scott dixon i'm stopping i think (laughs) we got i think we got mr dixon on the phone
3: (laughs) i think we got him hey hey scott dixon welcome to speed city hey
6: how you doing man
3: good how are you congratulations my friend
6: thank you thank you i appreciate it
3: well how was this uh these last few days it just had to be amazing to, to end up on top here
6: yeah, it's definitely uh it's always a roller coaster I think here at uh the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and, and especially when it's uh pole weekend, um, you know, we all know how race weekend can go. But um you know, I think with with how the, we've had the weather conditions, uh, you know, we had a lot of lot of warmth in the, early on in the week and then some rain obviously on Saturday and Sunday and delayed delayed things and you know, on our side we didn't do the uh the morning practices. So, uh both qualifying days, you know, the first laps in the car were actually uh in qualifying mode and, and trying to get those laps down. So, uh you know, big day for us to, to, you know, grab the pole is huge, you know, to do this for the 101st running of the Annapolis 500. And hopefully uh, now the big task of trying to keep it there.
2: Scott, I've got to ask you, this is Jonathan Green. We were together in December and it just seems a long time ago now, but I'm so happy for you. I watched uh, the whole thing unfold. And I've got to ask you, how risky was it? You, you even said in the interview with ABC afterwards that you were a little worried that you trimmed it out too much because everybody was hitting turn 2 there was a lot of wind um how risky was today's run because it was fast it was well full jandal as you would say yeah
6: it was uh, it was definitely pretty crazy you know i think um you know the toughest part today was actually you know you, you have a lot of time on your hands and when and we had. you know we had such a good qualifying on saturday that you know we were you know the third to last car to go so you get to watch another 30 cars make attempts, and, and you know there was some definitely some tricky conditions uh, with the wind, and, and turn two was was playing havoc with uh, a lot of cars. So I think there was four or five that touched, uh, maybe a couple of cars touched, you know, a couple of times in, in turn uh, turn two, and you know even more so after the, the horrific crash we saw uh, earlier with uh, Sebastian Bourdais uh, in Saturday qualifying. So it, uh, it was definitely um, for us, you know. I think when you see those. Uh, car's struggling, you know, the, the biggest thing is, you know, you start thinking, okay, we trim too much, you know, uh, do, have we put enough front wing in it so the car's going to turn it, we put too much front wing in it, you know, is the car going to spin out? Do so you just have all these thoughts going through and, and sitting in uh, the pre-line before we went out for qualifying, you know, I was just on the radio, I'm like, Chris, man, I think we've trimmed too much, we've trimmed too much, you know, we have to put some more downforce on the car, but uh, luckily it, hang on, it hung on through uh, throughout most of it, I had to lift a couple
2: times in turn two, but a uh, strong day and a strong run for the number nine. Yeah, no question. And Congratulations to Chip. I I, I saw Chip give you a big hug afterwards. Your wife, I don't know if you've seen the video yet, but your wife was literally running down the pit lane, (laughs) jumping up and down. Your kids were there. I know you now live in Indianapolis and, you know, this is a home race for you. Ed Carpenter, the worst of all people to come out uh, as the last man to go because you know what he can do. Um, It must have been a very emotional time for you and your family.
6: Yeah, it, uh, it is. You know, I think the in-apperspoon speedway, it's always full of emotions. And, and uh, you know, I think when you're coming down a fine line of trying to, you know, capture a pole or, or win the race here, you know it, it pay, you know, it changes people's lives. And, you know, uh, Emma's super emotional, which is great to see. And, and uh, obviously the kids, you know, I think now are at an age where, you know, they really start to understand it and they can, you know, see the importance of it uh, for us as family and family. And just uh, what a you know an accomplishment like that can be, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy to hear stories afterwards. You know, um, you know, when you're out there running around, you don't get to see a lot of that stuff going on. So I'll definitely have to uh, you know check in on those videos and see uh, see how crazy Emma was. I can only imagine. But um, you know, uh, you you're definitely right there with Ed Carpenter going out last. You know, he's uh, been on the pole a couple of times, and and uh, you know, you know uh, you're going to have to do something you know pretty special to try and beat him here uh, come qualifying day.
3: Well, Scott, I know that you've done this before. You've won the you were, you took the pole a few times before, and then you won it from the pole in two thousand eight. Obviously, that's the goal.
6: Yeah, it is. You know, uh, that's that's what we got to try and replicate. is two thousand eight, we had the pole in two thousand and fifteen as well, and, and dominated the race. I think we led over half the laps, but uh, you know, had a overheating issue come late uh, with the last stint, and we had to settle for fourth place on on that day. But uh, you know, it, it is. It is one thing to get the pole here, but, uh, you know, for us, we, we're just trying to, you know, gun for that second win. And, and uh, they don't come easy by all means here. And then hopefully we can have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of lady luck on our side and, and have a smooth day and, and be fighting for the uh, for the victory uh, come the last, you know, stint in and, and about a week's time. So fingers crossed uh, we can have a good one.
4: Excellent. And Scott, i got to ask, because I always found it interesting that we had qualifying and then a week later the race actually came around. What goes on between now and then besides all the social and, and the sponsor meetings?
6: Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of media stuff they've actually added in the last couple of years. We have uh, we have now another practice session tomorrow on Monday from twelve to four, so we get another four hours practice and then Tuesday we have a media blitz across uh, you know across the whole country'll be actually heading to Toronto. Uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, you know you uh, have community day, and you know there's there's something you know pretty much every day on on the lead up to uh, I think we I mean, maybe get thursday off maybe there's there's a couple of uh, days that you might might have kind of a late a light a light day but um yeah it 's pretty busy and it 's probably the toughest uh, toughest part I think of the whole event just because you 're talking about the race you 're talking about what you might be able to do, you know who might be your biggest competitors and you know, when it comes down to it, you've got somewhat of an idea, but you don't really have a good idea of how it's going to play out. So uh, it's hard to talk about the race a lot, uh, being a competitor and, and just, uh, you know, someone who loves to, to race cars. All you want to do is get in the car and, and get out there and get that race started.
2: Scott, I've got to ask you, obviously, a lot of the media interest has been around. Fernando Alonso and I know that you. I was watching you and, and uh, Tony Khan and for the regulars in Indy, you know just exactly what this month is all about. He doesn't. Um, how impressed? What have you spoken to Fernando about? Um, just give me your impression of, uh, of, the, of the Formula One champion coming in.
6: Yeah, I think he's you know he's done a hell of a
2: job, you know, and, and I didn't really expect anything
6: less. You know, he's uh, one of the all-time greats. I think in, in the motor racing community, and we know. Uh, you know, how talented, you know, he is. And, and uh, you know, I think we're very lucky to, to have him over here. Um, you, know, I, you know, we know he's missing a race in the Formula 1 schedule to do this race. Uh, he's with a great team. He's got, you know, a great uh, group around him. He's got great teammates. You know, he's he's in, he's, in, he's going to have a good shot. And I think, you know, he will be one of the guys you'll have to beat. And, and it just shows you the caliber, um, you know, that he is. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes as a rookie, it's almost a little bit, not easier it's just it's different because you don't know what to expect you don't know what's right you don't know what's wrong um so you have kind of a a really open mind i think if you come here for many years like you know someone like myself or or tony canal you, you kind of know what to expect, which can be bad, too. So, um, you know, I remember my rookie year, I just, you know, I was kind of flailing about a lot, but uh, it was super exciting, and you didn't know what was going on, and, and you didn't expect too much. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to have, uh, you know, a hell of a race, and, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we can we can beat him, because I think he'll be one that, uh, that we'll have to
4: beat. Hey, uh, Scott, so i got to say, you know, welcome to Speed City. You're now part of the family. Each time we have somebody new come on the show, we ask them a question, and let me tell you uh, the answer of a few of your counterparts. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Alexander Rossi. I'm not going to say what the question is yet, but Alexander Rossi answered the question with Silverado pickup. Connor Daly answered it with Subaru that have blown up five motors in. So the question is, what's your daily car driver? (laughs)
6: Uh, my daily driver is a, an Acura, man. It's a Honda product, you know. you got to uh, uh-huh. I think it's one of Good. the best road cars. And it's the best car that I have because it's free. Uh, but <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a hell of a car, the Acura MDX, mate. You need to go out and buy one.
4: Uh, not the NSX? <laughs> come on. It's, you know. Come they on, NSX. They haven't
6: upgraded me to the NSX yet. I've been asking, but no, I'm, I'm in the MDX. I'm in the family mobile right now. I'm not. Yeah, I'm in the family mobile. So maybe maybe soon I can uh, get an NSX. Maybe if I win the 500, they'll give
4: me one. Hey, there you I think they will just give you one then. None of this borrow the keys. Yeah.
2: All right. Hey, Scott, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be with you all week, and I'll be following you, and we'll be following you on Speed City. Good luck, my friend, and I really, really hope you pull it off. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate
4: it. Thanks a lot. Take care, Scott. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you. So, yeah, I hadn't got the NSX yet either. (laughs) Who has this NSX that's floating around? You know there's one out here.
3: (laughs) They're not that much money. they got to let these guys have one.
4: (laughs) You'd think if anybody, yeah, I want the Indy 500 pole sitter sitting in one.
3: Jonathan, I am so jealous. He's going to be in Indy all week, hanging out. Oh, this is going to be a blast! Uh, I know that you're. uh, What time are you getting up there? You going like seven in the morning?
4: (laughs) No, he's not. (laughs) He's shocked right there. I think (laughs) think we lost Jonathan. (laughs) Seven
2: o'clock. What? Do people get up at that time? (laughs) Hey, Indiana is farming country. They they do have one more practice tomorrow. Um, And, in fact, what's interesting about this practice, and I will report back to you, and we'll we'll put the um, interviews I get out on SoundCloud, and we'll do a podcast, because tomorrow is interesting, because tomorrow they forget about qualifying, and then they fill the fuel tanks to race. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is race spec practice. Tomorrow
2: is almost more important, because tomorrow will give us an indication of how they're running with full fuel tanks and what kind of race setup they have, and that's where it's really going to be, and that's where Dixon and the real experience comes through.
3: Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch too. I mean that that that's when uh, that's when things get even. You know, it's a whole different level. Obviously, qualifying is is pretty serious, but that's going to be interesting, Jonathan. So, uh, so what else, Jonathan? We talked about all the different things that go on Carb Day and all those other things, but, uh, but. I-
2: I got one good story for you. Yeah. Well, God, we'll, well, you know, well I'll ask you a question, and I'll, I'll, I've got a story as well. Well,
3: I was just going. This is great. Actually, it's even better. I was just going to ask you: Are there any other behind-the-scenes things that uh, that we can that that, that you're going to be a part of that we uh, for uh, up at Indy this year?
2: Yeah, like Scott says, it's a full-on week, and in fact, um, tomorrow is their last practice. Um, so I'll be there tomorrow afternoon when Scott and everybody else gets out of the car. So hopefully, I'll get what I can. And then Tuesday, they literally leave Indianapolis. Uh, Ed Carpenter might be the only one staying because he's the local guy, uh, but they do. They go to all parts of the United States, and as you heard with Scott, they go to Canada. So they go, and basically, what we, it's a bit like a movie junket. They basically <laughs> publicize the Indianapolis 500 um, all around the country to try and get as many viewers to tune in and do a publicity thing. And then on Wednesdays, um, they go to the schools. They go and do um, basically a charity type thing, community service type thing with the schools locally in Indianapolis. Thursday they have a day off. Friday they get back in uh, into the mode, if, if you will, uh, and it's car day. And then there's the Indy Lights race, and then it's race day Sunday. So and there's the parade on Saturday. So um, you know it's a full-on week, and you know there's plenty of opportunity already uh, get close up to your. The, uh,
4: heroes. Jonathan, you and I got invited into the uh, the socialite fantasy racing game last year and we got to watch the draft. I want you to go back to that and go find the guy that we were talking to <laughs> telling him that Alexander Rossi might surprise him. I want you to find the guy oh, that drafted yeah. him with that and, and shrugged because I think he was 42 to 1 in their point system.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I got, I got another ringer this year. My friend Jack Harvey. Watch him. He's
4: ah, old. okay,
3: okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Jack's. Where's Jack so from? He's my from...
2: Story. I got my story. Okay. I got to tell you my story. So back in 2008, when Scott Dixon won the Indy 500 from pole, he kept his racing gloves. Scott is one of those guys that understands the history, understands you know, the significance of it. He's a he's a you know basically he's a simple guy from Auckland, New Zealand, and for him to come over here is just fantasy land and i can assure you that having been in new zealand as long as i have these guys just absolutely look at this event as being just incredible he kept his gloves from the 2008 race and didn't get them out uh until last year and so he ran them for hundred and i bet you a thousand dollars he's got them this year yeah. as well um so that just shows you what it means to him
3: yeah, fantastic that's awesome All right, well, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Obviously, this week, Jonathan's going to be up there, so we're going to be putting out content all week long on SoundCloud. Just watch our Twitter and Facebook feeds, and we'll be pushing some of that stuff to our website and to our SoundCloud. And you can always go to speedcityradio.com because we kind of redirect that during the week and point that to SoundCloud and other places. But we want to thank Scott Dixon for coming on the show. It's first time for Scott, I believe. So thanks a lot, Scott. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.
4: Travel safe, buddy, and enjoy the milk. (laughs) Happy trails.